Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosland, and today we are learning Daf Lamed Vav in Masachet Psachim, page 36. On today's Daf, the Gemara looks at the status of the grains that one can use for making the matzah shel mitzvah, the matzah that you are obligated to eat on the first night of Pesach. What if you have a perfectly permitted grain, it has already passed the other tests for being matzah worthy, but it is already designated to be used for something else? Are you allowed to use it for the matzah shel mitzvah, the matzah that you have to eat on the first night of the holiday? Can the grain have a double use? In the case on our daf, it has already been assigned to be ma'aser sheni. And the question is, can grain that is designated for ma'aser sheni be used for the matzah shel mitzvah? In order to answer this question, we will need to understand the idea of ma'aser sheni. Every year in the land of Israel, a Jew was obligated to take stock of his agricultural yield and to give 10% of that yield to the Kohanim and the Levi'im. This truma and ma'aser, the tithe and um all that was contained in it allowed the community to take care of the priests and the Levites who didn't have their own land and needed the ma'aser to eat. So it was a sort of tax to support those who were doing communal work. But the ma'aser sheni was not for the priestly class. After one had taken the ma'aser, the first tithe, a person would take a second tenth of his yield that is 10% of the 90% that was left, and do something else with it. In the seven-year cycle, with the sabbatical year at the end, two of those years, the second tithe was designated for the poor. It was known as Maaser Ani. But for four of those years, it was the Maaser Sheni. And it had to be eaten by the owner himself in Yerushalayim. This was a totally different thing than the regular tithe. The ma'aser was meant to support the priests, but the ma'aser sheni was meant to be eaten by yourself. It was to encourage people to come to Jerusalem in order to feast and celebrate and learn Torah, and basically to help the Jerusalem economy and to make Jerusalem feel festive. Having people obligated to eat their ma'aser sheni in Yerushalayim meant that there was always a crowd of people there who were celebrating the Chag and making the city feel full and having people learn Torah together. Today, the ma'aser might be likened to the money that you spend on synagogue membership. It covers salaries for those who work for the community. But the ma'aser sheni is more like the money that you set aside to make your life Jewishly meaningful, to make beautiful holiday meals for your family or um, to pay for that trip to Israel for your family. So the ma'aser sheni is associated with joy and celebration. The question on our daf is about using that maser sheni for matzah. 
יכול יוצא אדם ידי חובתו במעשר שני בירושלים? Can a person fulfill his obligation to eat matzah with ma'aser sheni in Yerushalayim? Can you use the grain that you have designated for ma'aser sheni to make your matzah shel mitzvah? You're going to eat it in Jerusalem anyway, and you figure if you turn it into matzah, you can eat it in Jerusalem on the first night of Pesach. Would this be permitted? And here there is the machloket. Rabbi Yossi Haglili says no. Talmud Lomar, Lechem Oni. The Torah says, Lechem Oni. The Torah, as we know, describes matzah as Lechem Oni, a word that gets a number of different translations, which we will discuss. And Rabbi Yossi Haglili connects the word Oni <clears throat> to the word Aninut, that period of time just after a person has died before the funeral, when the mourner is in such a state of shock and grief that he is treated as if he is barely there, he is not even counted for a minion. Rav Yossi says, Matzah must be eaten in a state of aninut. Ma'aser sheni must be eaten in a state of simcha, of joy. So of course you're not permitted to eat ma'aser sheni in a state of aninut, and clearly there's no way that the ma'aser sheni could be used for the matzah shel mitzvah, says Rabbi Yossi Haglili. Rabbi Akiva disagrees. First, he brings the repetition of the word matzah to include the matzah of ma'aser sheni. But then he offers a different understanding of the phrase lechem oni. He questions Rabbi Yossi Haglili's pronunciation of the word. Mi karinan oni, do we pronounce it oni? No, we pronounce it ani. It is the bread of poverty, not the bread of grief. Rabbi Yossi Haglili shoots back, no, it is definitely pronounced oni. Rabbi Akiva says, fine, then I understand it the way Shmuel understands it. Lechem oni is lechem she'onina lav tvarim harbeh. It is based on the word one, like la'anot. It is bread on which we are onim, a lot of things on which we answer many questions. The differences in this, these approaches is completely startling to me. Rabbi Yossi Haglili says, we don't use ma'aser sheni to fulfill the obligation of the matzah. Ma'aser sheni is for celebrating, and matzah is about aninut, or grief. Rabbi Akiva says, of course you can use the ma'aser sheni to fulfill the obligation. Matzah is either lechem ani, the bread of poverty, or lechem oni, the bread on which we answer a lot of questions. I have always been confused on Seder night about the meaning of the matzah. On the one hand, matzah is supposed to be lechem oni, the bread of poverty I always learned, or as the Haggadah often translates it, the bread of affliction. It's supposed to remind us of the brokenness of slavery and, of course, the rush we were in when we left Egypt. But according to halakha, we are supposed to eat the matzah in a position of leaning to the left to signify a sense of being relaxed and to signify our freedom our freedom. As a kid, I always wondered, was I supposed to be thinking sadness when I ate the matzah or happiness and freedom? Well, clearly, these Tanaim have chosen their sides on this question. For Rabbi Yossi Haglili, 
eating the matzah should be associated with the greatest grief a person knows, the grief of just having lost someone when a person is considered almost a shadow. Of course it cannot be combined with the celebration of Maser Sheni. For Rabbi Akiva, of course, it can be combined. Why not? It is a bread of poverty, but it's also a bread of answers, and even when eaten as Maser Sheni, potentially about Simcha, joy. To imagine the larger message that each of these rabbis is sending, Rabbi Yossi Haglili sees the story of Pesach as one of tears and grief, more maror than haroset. Rabbi Akiva sees it as one of answers and joy. No wonder Rabbi Akiva is still considered one of the greatest of the Tanaim. Rabbi Yossi Haglili falls right into the trap of seeing our people's story, as the historian Salo Baron described, through a lachrymose conception of Jewish history. Rabbi Akiva sees our story differently. As Baron wrote, suffering is part of our destiny, but so is repeated joy, as well as ultimate redemption. Every act is significant in creating the story of the Jewish people. How we eat our matzah leads us to the essential understanding of the Pesach story. And the way we understand the Pesach story is a key to the perspective we choose to take on our people's history, past, present, and future. For today, I choose Rabbi Akiva. See you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.